Hello and welcome to the Herbert Webster podcast series looking at financial planning or the benefits of financial planning. Uh, my name is Adam Herbert. I'm the Managing Director of Herbert Webster. We're a chartered firm of financial planners. We're independent as well as directly authorised by the Financial Conduct Authority. With that in mind, as I always say at the start of these podcasts, please remember this is just a discussion between me and the panel. Please don't accept or take this as advice. And before taking any action, please seek regulated professional advice, maybe from a firm like ourselves. Um, if you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on the website, herbertandwebster.co.uk, or give us a call on our main telephone number, 01865 Um So in this episode, we're looking at the benefit of financial planning for the business owner. So if you're like our small business owner clients who put really your heart and soul into making the venture a raging success, so it's only right you get out what you've deserved maximizing your income in the process to take you to the financial security and wealth you've carved when you first struck out on your own. Um, really, there's no getting away from it. Running your own business, as I know, it's hard work. Understanding the day-to-day -day challenges the business faces from staffing, sales, to cash flow, to compliance, the list is very long. So whenever there is a to-do list, uh, which is probably as long as your arm, and whilst you know you should be doing more to secure your prefer, uh, well, I should say personal financial future and make the most of your income your business is providing, it just never gets to the top of the list. And that's really where we step in. We can change that for you by hopefully focusing you, well, focusing yourself, your business on making sure we can do what we can. So with that, it takes me on to introducing um, some people to our panel. Uh, to help with this discussion, um, we've got two more advisors from Herbert and Webster, Rob Gray, Kurt McSweeney. Um, they have been on the podcast before, um, so you can give yourself a little introduction, give us a little bit of knowledge about yourself, your experience. So please introduce yourself to the listeners, uh, Kurt, and if you could, just tell us a bit of the range of business owners you've advised. Thanks very much, Ad. So as Adam said, I'm Kurt McSweeney, one of the planners at Herbert and Webster. Um, and for the f last five years, I've been working at Herbert and Webster, working with personal and, and business owner clients. And the, the range of business owner clients is sort of quite varied. I think from, from the initial startup, where yeah. they might have you know, certain needs, like I know, a bit of relevant life or setting up a pension, right through to the, the established and the extinguished, and then right back down to the, the, the type of business owner that's looking to exit, exit, the, uh, exit the business and, and move on to, to pastures new I guess um, so yeah so the range is, is varied and mm. like I said it, it's been the last sort of five years with Herbert and Webster if that's enough for you that's more than enough thank you Kurt and over to you Rob a little bit about yourself introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, the kind of uh, clients you've looked after business owners um, and the kind of size of the, the firms themselves okay yeah cheers my uh, name is Rob Gray I'm a financial planner at Herbert and Webster for the last five and a half years um, I've been playing around in the financial services industry for about 20 years now, though, so uh, plenty of, of opportunities. Um, plenty of experience as well, Rob. Plenty of experience, opportunities to learn, etc. Yeah. Um, so I work with several banks, insurance companies uh, along the way. Um, really only worked with uh, business owners um, mm. since my time at Herbert and Webster. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a range, really, from sole traders, um, partners, partnerships, um, and, and limited companies. Um, yeah. the, the, the partners um, could be just two or it could yeah. be a, a, you know, a whole um, large partnership firm uh, yeah. that we use. So yeah, quite a broad 
broad range. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. And um, uh, what I should have also asked you is, um, do you enjoy giving advice to business owners? Do you feel it's quite a, a good benefit to financial planning for business owners in general terms? Obviously, don't go into too much detail as, as you'll ruin the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but yourself, uh, yourself Rob, um, do you find that this is a useful service for, for business owners? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, with, with most um, business owners, they're, you know, they're typically entrepreneurs and they're really... Mm. Um, you know, passionate and focused on their their own business and, and making a, a success of it. Mm. Um, uh, but quite often they haven't then got the the time to actually um, spend looking into how to best manage the money that they're generating. Yeah. Um, so actually, we can sort of go in um, and actually help them to understand um, the little you know tricks and tips that we can we can provide. So that they can easily make the most of um, of the money they're generating and, and manage their their businesses sort of financially um, to help their own personal financial planning over the long run. Fantastic! And also, I didn't get to ask you that, Kurt. And yourself, um, I take it you you find that business owners find financial planning a, a useful service for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you know just echo what Rob said. Really, yeah. it's <coughs> you know, I, I like working with business owners. I think, as, as Rob said, they're busy and they're more focused on what they're doing which means they're you know they're quite happy to to release the reins to to the to us to to get on and do with what it is that needs to be done to to better mm. their situation so it's it's a nice partnership and it's, a, it's about working together and not against each other yeah. which they the business owners tend to understand that really really well so yeah no i i, I completely echo that I, I think business owners are very aware sometimes they are unaware that this service is available to them and uh, from my experience especially Again, I've got business owners from the kind of one-man consultancy firm, you know, ranging, you know, quite nicely. We had two business owners exit their business last year for tens of millions of pounds, and suddenly it's life-changing amounts of money. But actually, this service, they really do appreciate because, as you said, they're time-poor individuals, and also they want to kind of delegate this work as well. They want, because they're busy in their own environment, you know, doing what they know is best, Actually, if they can delegate this work to someone else who can then come back to them with a plan to say, you need to do X, Y, Z, there might be a little bit of tinkering around that, but they just really value that that advice. So, um, yeah, a huge benefit for for business owners. Um, The main thing is, is when we start, I find it's giving the business owners clarity, really, you know, what position they're in. And also, you've kind of got two entities. You've got the business, but you've also got their personal welfare as well how do you start to kind of get that clarity with the business owner what would that business owner expect if they they came in and, and sat down and I, I will I will say this as well we offer meetings at the office but I find a lot of business owners we're usually going out to their their place of work to help them out as well um, so at that first meeting how do you start to to get this clarity with that business owner I'll start off with yeah Kurt's looking over at Rob so let's start off with Rob first <laughs> Um, yeah, I think as, as we've, we've touched on, most business owners are, are very time poor. So uh, for us, it, it's really to have a, a focused sort of exercise to um, you know com- complete you know a, a fact find, gather all of the relevant information that they need to um, sort of consider, and mm-hmm. that we need to consider to be able to give them the, the right advice. Um, uh, we can provide them with um, details up front as the kind of information. Um, for them to have to hand so that actually 
you know we're not wasting a lot of their time whilst you know asking them funny questions out of uh, out <laughs> of the blue that means they have to go off and and find information so you know preparing for the meeting is really important um, and then taking the, the information down in a sort of concise and, and, and ordered way so that we can then go away and actually use that information to start to develop a plan and I think often it's sort of maybe you know several short sharp meetings um, are better than one sort of long mm. drawn drawn out one quite often yeah. um, and obviously for us you know we're, that's how we're, we're happy um, to work and actually um, you know fit in with with the business owner and their sort of busy busy days yeah very good and and yourself Kurt what would you add on, on top of that how how would you exp- expect the first meeting to go and how would you work with a business owner yeah very much like what Rob <laughs> Rob, 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 Rob said um, you know it's it, it's working to the speed of the client if if they haven't got the time which most business owners don't then we'll work to their schedule um, and we'll, we'll try and make it as, as stress-free and easy as possible you know yeah. so if if there's answers that we need that can be given to us by their their professional relations so the, mm. the accountant the solicitors yeah then we're quite happy to go to these these individuals and say that you know can we have this information and sort of Excellent. start building it together so that we're all working on the same page mm-hmm. because obviously the accountant's going to do his or her thing for for the business and we want to make sure that what we're doing is right for the client and the business at the same yeah. time. So I, I think that's very important. It, I think a lot of clients, when we explain it, that it's a bit of a an obvious one to do, but we realise not everyone does that and, and that's us trying to make sure we've got an active a relationship with the accountant with the solicitors with their third party professionals because again if we can get those answers much quicker for the business owner again the business owner appreciates that because you're you're already turning up with hopefully a plan half filled um, which is a, a great benefit to them um, as you kind of start to build up the object the objectives for the business owner what they're aiming to do I find that really we're looking at what the business is trying to achieve for them as well um you know i, I kind of say you know is the business looking at a kind of uh, more of a cash cow kind of uh, business where you're looking to draw money down on a regular basis to build your own kind of personal wealth or is the business aiming more towards a kind of a big bang you know you're going for a big sale at the very end um it's it's useful to get that information from the business owner because then you can start to build the kind of um, the plan for the future and how that is all going to kind of be pieced together because on the other side you've then got their personal assets their family and it's then trying to work out the two so um, I'll come to you first Kurt how do you start to look at the kind of the business side and the personal side how do you start to kind of put that puzzle together um how do we put it together I think is, is just through our line of questioning you know yeah. it comes with <clears throat> experience in the role and it comes with the you know, yeah I think I think experience comes down to it mainly yeah. because it's there's there's a way to ask a question there's a way to ask the right question yeah. I think for for us our job is to to ask the right questions and to build that picture to see where where the business interlaces with personal and it's then our job to you know to plan for that going forward. Mm. So most business owners, as we've said already, will be focusing on the business. They may not have given much consideration as to where they're going or what they're doing. They just know they're doing it. Yeah. And then through our sort of process, our, our fact finding, if you like, our understanding, it's then to say, well, actually, you know, mm. why are we doing this? What are we doing it for? And and how are we going to achieve this in the long term? So. 
I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, it does. But, um, yeah, I think that's where we, you know, it's our role as the advisor to sit there and to, to poke around and to ask the, the right questions, I think. Excellent. And yourself, Rob, would you, would you add on anything there? How do you start to kind of understand the picture of the business as well as the personal side as well, the family, the other needs as well? Yeah, I think it's to, you know, once you sort of teased out that information from, from the business owner that, that Kurt referred to, um, and really taking into account, you know, the expectations that they currently have to how mm. the future is going to develop, yeah. um, is to take that information and put it into our, our cash flow planning tool, mm. um, which you know we can use to actually bring both the business and the personal sides together yeah. into a you know a, a nice visual. Um, tool that allows them to see how it's likely to work together yeah uh, and obviously that then sets us up for the future to to review it yes. and actually see you know how have their sort of business expectations met or exceeded what yeah. they expected and how does that impact the future so I think you know obviously you can't you mm. can't create that tool and, unless you've um, sort of had the you know the in-depth conversations that Kurt mentioned, and I think that's some that, that's where I've had some big kind of eureka moments with business owners. It, it's sitting down and and they kind of start to explain the kind of money they're looking to draw down from the business or the kind of potential sale they're hoping for the business. It's then taking those figures to say, well, if this is what you're working towards, is this enough? Is this going to achieve what you need it to achieve? Is it going to fund your retirement? And you know suddenly the business can start to be reshaped because there is shortfalls they do need to earn more money from the business to make it worthwhile but at least it starts to give people that clarity to know what they need to do and what they need to achieve so i think that's quite nice and this moves us on to the next kind of part of of kind of the general kind of financial planning we do for business owners now all business owners are going to be individuals their, their circumstances are going to be different but for instance, pensions, how does that work with business owners? Because we've suddenly got a bit of a, we've got the business and we've got the personal need. How does pension contributions work? Without going into too much detail, because I don't want people to run off with this advice. Um, again, don't accept it as advice. But Rob, coming to you first, um, you know, what can business owners do around pension planning, pension contributions? Yeah, well, particularly when we're dealing with you know, directors of, of their own sort of limited company, yeah. uh, what we often find is that um, you know, they, they tend to pay themselves um, you know, eight to twelve thousand pounds a year as a, a PAYE salary, mm. um, and then they tend to take the majority of their income um, as dividends, yeah. um, which is usually quite irregular depending on the mm. ebbs and flows of, of the business um, and obviously traditionally you know the amount of money that you can pay into a pension is limited by your um, PAYE income yes very um, much so. but obviously when you're uh, when, when we are dealing with um, directors um, you know we can sort of let them know that actually um, you know the the limited company their employer can also make um, pension contributions for them on, on their behalf yeah um, and obviously what we can do um, you mentioned it earlier sort of working together with the accountants is rather than try and sort of tie them into a regular monthly contribution to a pension yeah. which doesn't necessarily follow the cash flow of the business yeah um, it's quite often we will set up meetings towards the end of the tax year um, where we can you know, speak with the accountants and with the business owner to decide what money is available 
in the business to be you know, paid as a pension contribution and then do it as a, as a single lump sum at the end of the year um, to provide the sort of maximum flexibility that we can really. Brilliant. So with the technical aspects, um, with making those pension contributions, you know, a business owner could be there with the accountant saying, right, we na- we're now just going to fund our pension. What can you help with the technical side, Kurt, when it comes to making those contributions? Thanks, Ed. Um, yeah, I think, I think what you raised there is quite an important point. You know, the, the accountant can look at the numbers and say the business can, can afford to make these contributions mm-hmm. and that they, you know, they, they will be seen wholly and exclusively for business purposes. It's then our job to see if, if and what can be contributed to yep. maximise those allowances. So as, as Rob uh, sort of alluded to there, the annual allowance, the maximum we can pay in each year uh, as an individual. But for, for unused years that you're a member of a pension, we can carry forward. So yeah. actually, you know, for instance, we may be able to pay 120,000 into the pension yeah. this year, as an example. Um, so our job is then to look at, you know, can it be done and what will be the maximum that can be paid in? And then to, to sit with the accountant and say, look, this is what we're thinking. Do you think this is still within the, yeah. uh, the, the right figures to, to put into the pension, for instance? Fantastic. And then obviously once then the money comes across, this kind of goes to our kind of more traditional role as a financial planner. It's then obviously looking up, making sure they're in a good pension with good investments, which is all aligned to what they're expecting uh, as a as an attitude to risk, a bit of a technical term or, or tradey term I'm now using. So obviously that's one area, that's the pension planning. And already we've identified that, you know, this is probably why I, I love dealing with business owners because you have this extra element you've got the personal side but now you've got this business side to also work around um pensions is one making pension contributions from the business making pension contributions personally um we then usually come on to protection as well or life insurance and there's certain things you can do as a business owner and there's um, things you can do holding uh, life insurance personally. So um, c- could you go into a little bit more detail on, on that side, really? I'd love to add, thanks very much. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you said, if you, if you have life insurance and you, you pay for it personally, yeah. you know, you're paying with it or you're paying for it with funds that have been taxed and possibly paid a, a national insurance on. If you pay for it through the company, then it's being paid gross. So yeah. you, you know, you, you're making a tax saving straight away. But there's also there's no additional benefit in kind to you, as the as the, you know the, the, essentially the beneficiary of that policy. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a more tax efficient method to pay for it yeah. through the business as a as a director or as a as an employer. Yeah. Employee employer. Um, so there's a number of tax savings there, but then there's also other policies that can be put in place as so shareholder protection. Um, uh, key person, you know, critical illness, these sorts of things where actually it's it's not just covering you, the business owner, but it's also covering those important people within the business, but again, okay. fairly tax efficiently as well. Very good. So obviously, whenever we're looking at putting these kind of policies in place, I'd say advice is definitely worth seeking because there's always these tax implications, be it on the business or personally as well. So um, for instance, Kurt's just mentioned a number of kind of different ways of protecting. Uh, we'll pick on the first one, relevant life. Um, just a kind of a short example of how relevant li- life works, Rob, um, for a business owner. Yeah, so y- you often sit down with the business owner and look at um, obviously what income he brings into his household. And so, if he you know, if he was to unfortunately die, 
what would the um, you know, financial implication be to his family. Yeah. Um, that allows us then to um, assess the level of life insurance that he requires to mm. protect his family ultimately. Yeah. What the relevant life means, Kurt said, rather than the, um, the business owner buying his own personal policy and paying for it out of taxed income, actually the business um, would be the, the policy owner yeah. um, and pay the premiums. Um, yeah. The premiums would be uh, an, a deductible expense as far as the, the, the business is concerned, so yeah. reduce the, the sort of level of corporation tax that they have to pay. Um, uh, and the the business owner would be the, the life assured. Yeah, fantastic. The policy would be written in a trust um, to make sure that it's paid out to the, the correct beneficiaries at the end of the day. And as, as Kurt mentioned, um, you know, the, um, the money received is received tax-free as well. So it's, um, it's a tax-efficient way of um, funding the policy and also potentially receiving the benefits if unfortunately they're required. That's very good. And uh, Kurt, is there solutions for business owners if they're concerned about being unable to work, replacing income, things like that? Are there products out there which can kind of understand the business owner isn't your standard employee who is earning, I don't know, 20, 30, 40,000 pounds a year. Actually, as Rob said earlier, their dividends and, and things like that. Are there products available for business owners like that? Yes, yes, there are. Um, Super. Um, there's a number of policies. The, the main ones of which are, are something like an income protection policy, yeah. uh, which will, you know, they'll be based on a number of factors, but it, wouldn't, it won't just be, you know, what's your salary? It, they'll yeah. take into account, like you said, the varying. Uh, degrees of income and yeah. and the ebbs and flows that come with with the dividend and the, you know, yeah. the smaller salary. So there are policies out there that yeah. can you know, effectively protect the income should the business owner be unable to work. So it sounds like for me, a business owner, best thing to do is contact a, a financial planner and and really understand all the implications, but actually what products are available for them. So moving on with this kind of business owner, if they're in a fortunate position where they have got surplus capital, they're they're maximising their kind of pension contributions, they're quite happy with that, but they've got surplus capital in the business, is there things which we can do for them regarding that? And um, I'll come over to Rob first on that one. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, if there's money that's not, not needed yeah. um, for you know, the short-term cash flow and... Uh, you know, capital expenditure sort of mm. plans in, in the short term. Um, you know, we can look to um, advise on investing that money yep. in a similar fashion that we would do with a um, with a personal customer. Yeah. Um, so, using um, you know an investment portfolio, um, having assessed the sort of the level of risk required and the likely term of the investment. Yeah. Um, so that would be a, 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 what we call a general investment account. Yeah. Um, there are then other um, sort of methods of investing the money um, which could be more tax efficient Um, so one of the um, benefits of of owning a a business is if you if you sort of sell the business along along the line you can benefit from entrepreneurs relief yes Um, but you know money that's held in investments actually doesn't necessarily qualify for that so we can look at investments um, which actually would mean that the money invested 
you know would also qualify for, for the entrepreneurs relief going forward fantastic so again it's and this is it with business owners there is so it really becomes a little bit more um, complicated because you've got these kind of both swinging arms of the personal side the business side and then it's understanding the um, uh, what's the word implications. yeah the implications thanks Kurt. the implications going forward by making those decisions and again there's no right or wrong it's just making sure that what they do do or what they do put in place they're aware of those implications and it's right for the business because sometimes as businesses aren't planning to ever sell you know they just very much want to build up capital to hopefully for a for a future dividend stream uh, when they're later on retired so again that's where I think financial planning really helps for the advisor to understand the real goals and aspirations of how that is going to work with their their personal life. So, coming on, you've you've mentioned about entrepreneurs relief, Rob, uh, and there's also business property relief as well. Um, again, we find that some business owners they don't come to us too late, but they sometimes come to us after everything's done, the sale's been done, the business has been sold. And suddenly they've got another headache which they were completely unaware of until they meet us so i think that is a good thing because we mm -hmm. make them aware but it's always good to make uh, to get them on the right side so kurt what happens to a business owner if they suddenly turn up and they've sold a business for millions and it's now sat in their personal account what's what what happens there what happens there okay um i, I yeah so so you've got a number of factors there that need to be considered then i mean so, so the business owner has effectively sold a business that could have been qualifying for, mm. as you alluded to, BPR, business property relief. And by, by selling the business and, and not holding the, the business or those shares any longer, it's, it's now within your personal estate, so it could be liable to inheritance tax. Yeah. And um, I think you know, if you've got a lump sum from a sale of a business, it's then looking at how that might then mm. you know, implicate other taxes, so income tax. For instance, and it's it's then what to do with that that lump sum of capital to, to best, as I said, utilize the allowances available to you, but also the the type of products available that could again maximize business property relief by reinvesting it, yeah. or just holding the right type of shares going mm. forward, really. So there's a, again, there's a number of things a business owner can do even afterwards. They can possibly access assets again, which benefit from this business property relief which is away from inheritance tax as well absolutely but as always it's, it's always better to get in sooner rather than later you yeah. know, before the sale is always the best place to be because mm. you can then as we plan for it um, but after the sale you know it's never too late it, it's still things that can be done after after yeah. the fact excellent there you go so it's never too late I never like that late. I like that theory so really then Rob just kind of bring us on to a kind of a bit of a conclusion why should a business owner seek out a financial planner like yourself? Where where do the benefits come from? What are the benefits to them? Um, I think really, that as, as we've touched on here, there, there are all sorts of potential pitfalls uh, mm. with financial planning, which to be fair, if you just fell into them, you'd probably never notice and you'd just think, well, you know, that's, that's just the way things are. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, some of those pitfalls can be really deep pits yeah. you know you can end up losing thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of pounds maybe be yeah. just because you didn't quite do the right thing in the right order yeah um, so if you're a business owner if you're short on time and you're unaware that there were all of these potential pitfalls uh, it's worth speaking to an advisor 
um, you know, find out what what those problems potentially could be, um, so that you can easily navigate your way around them. Um, and that's what a, you know a, a good financial advisor is going to do: yeah. is help you understand um, and and tell you pretty quickly what the situation is. Uh, a lot of it um, isn't incredibly complicated. Yeah. Um, but if you don't know it's there, um, yeah. you don't know you can't do anything about it. Um, quite often. Uh, you know, your accountants might let you know some some problems are there, um, but accountants don't know all of the pitfalls either. Um, yeah. We don't know all of the pitfalls. That's why there's accountants and financial advisors. Um, so come and speak to us. You know, we will you know, talk with your accountants, solicitors, if if necessary, um, provide a joined up holistic financial plan for you. Superb. So, Kurt, I was going to come back to you, but I feel Rob has pretty much um, ticked every box on that one. Uh, anything else you, you would add to it? No, I don't think I think Rob done a very good job there. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Brilliant. Well, I think that's probably the best place to, to finish it off, really. Um, I'll have a quick look at my notes so I know who to thank. Obviously, thank the people <laughs> in the room. <laughs> so I'd like to say, um, obviously, Rob, thank you very much for, for being here. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. For having me. There you go. You're very welcome. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Adam. Excellent. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Herbert Webster podcast. <laughs>